Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. And I want you to come to this word this morning with your heart, with your soul, but mainly with your brain. I need to use your brain. Okay, I really need your brain with me because Paul is reasoning. Paul is making an argument, ma- making a case for the message of justification by grace through faith. And in this reasoning and in this argumentation, he is using some proofs, some aspects that should lead us as well into the same conclusion that he attempt to lead the Galatians. We are studying the book of Galatians verse by verse, and it's about nine weeks already, and it's been great. Today, the title of this message is Grace Blesses Those Who Believe. Say after me, Grace Blesses Those Who Believe. So grace is the way to enter into the Abrahamic blessing. Close your eyes, bow your heads, let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we are not speaking theology, doctrine, philosophy, ideologies. We are sharing your word. The living, powerful, unchangeable word of God. The one that has power to divide, cut, separate. Uh, separate what is from man and what is from God. Speak into our hearts. Change our mindsets. Let us receive the message of the gospel this morning. And as we yield to you, Holy Spirit, I pray that the lives, the marriages, the families in this place will be forever changed. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Now, we are in chapter 3, and um, in chapter 3, Paul is, like I said, creating a case to support the reason why he preached, and he was trying to bring back the Galatians to the faith on the message of grace. Galatians chapter 3, verse 5 to 9. Galatians chapter 3, verse 5. Does he who supplies a spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Verse 6. Just as Abraham. Everybody says just as Abraham. We're going to use this thought. That's why I'm asking you to repeat. Just as Abraham believed God and he was counted to him as righteousness. Do you know why there is this quote marks over there? This quote marks is a quotation, is a citation of the Old Testament. Paul is pretty much copying and pasting over his writings in Galatians. We're going to take a look where he found that quotation. Let's keep reading verse 7. Know that, know then... That it is those of faith 
who are the sons of Abraham. Hallelujah. And the scripture foreseeing that God will justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel. Say the scriptures. I need to hear you say the scriptures. Preach the gospel. It's very important that you see that because there are people that says that, oh, the Old Testament God, He is almost like bipolar. Like He's a different God from the God of the New Testament. But this is not true. Actually, the Holy Scripture preaches the same message, which is the gospel. The Scripture preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham. Saying, quote again, in you shall all the nations be blessed. Say amen, everybody. Now, verse 9. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. All right. So, the first argument that Paul used, we just read in verse 5. It is the argument of your experience. Remember, please, your experience. Go back in the day that with a simple, humble heart, you listen the message of gospel. What happened to you? You had faith to experience miracles in your life. In the past two weeks, I'm pressing on this aspect because without the... Um, the argument without the background of miracles in your life. You're going to have a hard time to believe that the message of the gospel is true. Why? Because you're going to listen. You're going to feel this seems so good to be true. But once you experience miracles, in other words, when you had actually experienced the goodness of God in your life, you're going to say it is true. That's what Paul appeals in the first argument. He also speaks about the Holy Spirit as part of your experience. But now, Paul uses another powerful argument. He says that the scriptures had already shown that only through faith you can be justified. He appeals to the example of Abraham receiving this same message that the Galatians were forgetting. And he appeals to the case in Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15 is when God preaches the gospel to Abraham. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Abraham, later on, a.k.a. Abraham. You're going to have his name change in a few more verses. I am, fear not, Abraham. I am your shield, your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. 3. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord Came to him. So now God is speaking. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. Verse 5. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number their stars if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, 
so shall your offspring be. So God had spoken. Abraham had his natural circumstances to evaluate, to make a conclusion. The natural circumstances, I'm old, I'm weak, I'm, I'm uh, powerless to generate a son out of my own groins and with my wife. I can't. I don't have this power. I cannot bring into existence a son out of my own weakness. These are the evidences of the natural. The natural laws, the natural evidences proves I can't. But God said, natural circumstances, word of God. Evidences in the natural, promise of God. Pay attention. Verse 6, and Abraham believed. Abraham had the choice. The tree of knowledge of good and evil, the natural tree, the natural perspective, or the tree of life. Believing God's word, taking the word of God as true. He believed the Lord. And he counted that faith, that belief to him as righteousness. Wow. So God made a promise to Abraham. Abraham believing God. What is impossible to Abraham now became powerful into his life. He believed in God's faithfulness. And because of that faith, he was accepted as righteous just because of faith. And I say this, and Paul is using Abraham because the Judaizers, those uh, Jewish Christians infiltrators inside of the Galatian church, were using Moses as the argument that the way a Christian should be is a Jewish Christian. You have to keep the Jewish rituals, kosher diet. You don't eat ham, bacon, and anything else that a good American dish has. No, you don't eat this stuff. Actually, even to present yourself before God, you have to make this, the, the ritual of circumcision. But when you look back, and Paul, it's very intelligent, clever, and inspired by the Holy Spirit. He says, all right, you guys are using Moses, but I'm going to go before Moses. Actually, I'm going about 400 years before Moses. Actually, while Moses was the legislator of the Jewish nation, I'm going after the founder of the Jewish nation. I'm going to go after the patriarch that pretty much founded the whole people of Israel. And in the case of Abraham, he was not justified. He was not counted righteous before God because of any ritual. You don't see until this moment in Abraham's life anything to do with a kosher diet, with the way to do or don'ts, the rules and codes. There was no circumcision. And because Abraham was counted righteous solely by faith, this is a powerful argument that brought Abraham to be a blessed man. As a result, his faith was credited to him as righteousness. And because he 
entering the righteousness of God by faith, he entered in the position of favor. We are called to be blessed just like Abraham. Verse 8 again, the scripture foreseeing that God will justify the Gentiles by faith, preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham. In you shall all the nations be blessed. Those of faith are blessed like Abraham. And you're going to say, Pastor, but what is such a big deal about the blessings of Abraham? What, what do you even mean about that? What this blessing is so important? Verse 14 of Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, 14. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to us, the Gentiles. So that we might receive the promise spirit through faith. Two practical aspects about the blessings of Abraham. Number one is the righteousness itself that will bring us into favor. I'm going to expound more about that. But the ultimate blessing is the very spirit of God coming in, dwelling within us. Because you have to understand this, without being righteous... Without being counted as righteous, we will never be fit for the, to be a recipient of God's presence. The holy God, the perfect God, the, the pure God will never dwell in such a nasty, sinful, and immoral place. But when we believe not only our sins are forgiven, our past is forgotten, and we are made totally righteous before God to the point that His very presence through the Holy Spirit, through the embodiment of the Holy Spirit, can come in fullness over our lives. Oh, Jesus Christ, open our eyes to see that. Everyone is justifies that he, who is justified receives the Spirit and everyone who has the Spirit has been justified. Justification is not some kind of make-believe. Oh, I wish. You know, God is just pretending. But I wish to actually be righteous. No, no, no. The only way that the Holy Spirit will be able to dwell in us if this righteousness is real. So like Abraham, Paul insists we only need to believe in order to enter into these blessings. Now, we have to choose sides here. Because if you read, continue reading Galatians, we're going to see that we have the option of going through the path of blessings or picking the possibility of being under curse. Let's go again to Galatians chapter 3. Now verse 10. Let's keep reading because uh, this time I'm going to cover a good portion of Galatians. Verse 10. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, curse be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law. And do them. Not now. It is evident. No one. Say no one. It's better to say just to your brother and sister. Say, no one, dude, no one, sister. No one is justified before God by the law. 
For the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. So there are only two types of life. Both can come from the Bible. But they have totally different results. One has blessings because believe. The other seeks the blessings under the observation of the law. The first makes faith the way to salvation. And the second makes its works the means of salvation. The first principle says that God justifies us because of faith. While the second says that we have to be just through our own efforts. Now, which one we're going to pick? Which one we're going to choose? Galatians chapter 3, verse 11. Now, it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. Those who live trying to practice the law's precepts we rely on their own strength and do not depend on faith. And because of that, they are doomed to failure. They will fail. And everything, pay attention, every relationship that is sustained in the grounds of merit, it's also destined to fail. What I say is, I'm going to go with the practical example of marriage. If you come to your spouse... In the grounds of deserving favor, earning uh, benefits, uh, charging blessings, you know where your marriage is going to end up. You're going to be a marriage that you will never be satisfied. And she never will understand how hard was your week in the, this, the, uh, this past week. He will, he will never going to understand how tired you are taking care of the children. You deserve better. Every relationship that is sustaining the grounds of merit in the, in the principle of the law is doomed to failure. The problem is that there is more than failure result here. Verse 10, for all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. Now, let me say this, is more than just, you're not going to work out. The relationship, you're not going to be the best relationship. No, no, you bring curse. Now, I'm, I apply to your marriage, but this can be used in all other relationships. But most and mainly is in our relationship with God. However, there's one side that the results are completely different. Verse 14 again, in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. The way of the blessing, it is a way of faith. The way of the law will bring the curse. Again, it's not only failure. Open your eyes, you have to see that because Maybe you never consider how dangerous is the curse. How bad is the curse. And in order for us to understand how bad it is to be under the curse, God wrote us a very interesting chapter in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 28, 
we have about 15 verses that expresses blessings. And we have a huge list of curses. I'm going to just, I pick some verses in Deuteronomy to show what is a curse. Verse 19. Curse shall you be when you come in and curse shall you be when you go out. Now, what it means that no matter if you live in Brazil, Venezuela, United States, Australia, my friend, you can go to Sweden, you will have a curse. What? Yeah, curse is like this. It goes with you in the plane. It, you just carry it together. Verse 23. And the heavens over your head shall be bronze. And the earth under your, you shall be iron. So it doesn't, you, your prayers will have no power. That's a curse. Verse 44. You shall land. He shall land to you. He? Yeah. Capital One, Bank of America, Wells Fargo. They're going to all land to you. And you shall not land to him. In other words, you're going to have no profit. He shall be the head. You, he shall be the head. And you shall be the tail. There is no perspective of prosperity, of growth in your business. Verse 59. Then the Lord will bring you on you, on your offspring, extraordinary afflictions. Afflictions severe and lasting and sickness, grievous and lasting. Yeah, all kinds of sickness. So in summary, I can say that the curse is not only a bad relationship. A curse means a life under condemnation. It is always the threat of death, sickness, and misery. There is a curse on all who fail to keep all the commandments of the law. Pastor, I don't want the curse. I don't want anything with the curse. Let me explain how you get into the curse. Deuteronomy 27, verse 26, the previous chapter says how we get into the curse. Cursed be anyone who does not confirm the words of this law by doing them, by obeying all of them. Oh, Jesus Christ. So I am cursed because I am not obedient to all the law. I, I know I'm not. Yeah, no, I maybe made my own moral list that I think I am good at. But when I think about all the commandments, all the 613 commandments of the law, I know I have broken some of them, if not all of them. So it is true. Everyone who broke a commandment is under the, the curse. Every man is under the curse because all have seen and broken God's law. Every man is incapable of keeping the law. We are all under the curse. However, in the new covenant, because of Christ's sacrifice, we don't need to be anymore under the law. If we die with Christ, we are not under the restriction of the law. God made a way out of the curse in Christ by grace. We are free from the curse. In Christ, we are delivered from the curse because we are no longer under the law. 
We have received the very righteousness of Christ. Why someone will even pick the possibility of trying to relate with God in the basis of do's and don'ts? Into merit, into the earning favor. Galatians 3, 14. In Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, the blessings of Abraham, the blessing of Abraham can come to you. I want the blessing. And the way of the blessing is to walking in the way of Abraham. It's the way of faith. Let me give you a good example of the blessing of Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country, your kindred, and your father's house, the land that I will show you. I will make, your, you, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And so that you will be a blessing. Verse 3. I'll bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And you, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Which one are you going to pick? The curses of Deuteronomy that comes when we relate to God with the merit Law, uh, mosaic law standards or are going to pick the blessings of Abraham. What was the promise made to Abraham? What was the promise that Abraham believed and entered into the blessing? Romans chapter 4 verse 13. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he will be heir of the world did not come through the law but through the righteousness of faith now it's very very important because the word heir here implies that you did not work to receive the blessing when you are an heir you are just blessed because you came and you were born in the right family you were favored to have this Parents or grandparents that inherited to you the blessings you deserve. When you think about heir, it means that you did not make a way to achieve that blessings. You don't have to work for the inheritance. But because you are loved and because you are an heir, now you receive the promises, the blessings of this world. No, Pastor. This is not what the Bible means. The Bible is not talking about uh, material financial uh, blessings. Look, let me say something. We are not a prosperity gospel preaching center here. But we have to agree that in Abraham was not miserable. That Abraham did not suffer sickness. That Abraham did not have a limited life. And again, I know it's historically related to Abraham. But the word world here in Romans chapter 4 implies that he's speaking about actual earthly blessings as well. Yes, in Abraham, we were blessed with the ultimate blessing. We're going to press in the very end. But do not dismiss what God wants to bless you. Don't be ashamed to be blessed. Again, I know that not everybody in this church is going to be multimillionaire. 
But it is a fact that God's favor led Abraham to prosperity. Let me prove that to you. Verse 32 of Genesis 13. Now Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. What I mean is, because of the favor of God, considering the ancient uh, time context, Abraham stood up. He had a, a different uh, uh, blessings uh, that, that surrounded him. He was considered very rich. Genesis 12, verse 2, you will be a blessing. And that's the final goal. All the earthly blessings ultimately have the purpose to make you a blessing. Like, let's be honest. If you don't have enough to provide your own family, how are you going to feel encouraged to bless others? Abraham's blessing includes being successful and prosperous. The favor permeated all the areas of his life. And I believe the children of Abraham can also enjoy that. The Lord renewed the strength of Abraham's youth and Sarah. When they were a hundred years old, they had their date night and they could bear a child. When they were a hundred years old, that is favor, my friend. When we think about Sarah, Sarah, the, 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 the wife, Abraham's wife, when she was 65 years old, Pharaoh desired her for his harem. When she was 90 years old, Abimelech desired to have her as one of his wives. So there was something different in that family. Because the favor of God is what promoted Abraham's blessing and prosperity. Romans chapter 4 verse 13. Be heirs of the world, did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. If you belong to Christ, if you are Christ, I'm reading the uh, New Living Translation, but that's good. If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. We have the option of falling unto the law standards and receive curse. Really, pastor? Can a Christian be cursed? Yes. A Christian can accept curse because they fall from grace. The New Living Translation says, Galatians chapter 5, verse 4, For if you are trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. So let me say something very important. Seeing is not the problem anymore. When we sin, we have to confess it and stand back in our righteousness in Christ. 
And when we confess and repent, you know what happens with us? The righteousness of God that was already credited in our account now is enjoyed again. Now, some people think that when we failed, um, the credit of Christ's righteousness take a little time to credit in our account. I don't know if you ever deposit a check in your bank account, but when you deposit a check in your bank account, it's not immediately credit comes up in your account. They, they put it there. They put it like on holding, right? They says, wait if this is true. But God, does do, do, but God doesn't do that. Whenever we come before God, trusting the work on the cross, we enjoy the credit immediately because it was deposited already in your account. Even if we fail, the law cannot condemn us anymore. Let me invite you to stand up this morning. Galatians chapter 3 verse 11. Galatians 3 verse 11. It is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. Don't even try. Don't even fall into that trap. Just come honestly before God. Despite your weakness, despite your limitation, just say, God, I can't fix my marriage. I can't fix my, my work, my business. God, I can't fix myself, God. I can't. But I trust you. I believe you. That's why the text continues saying, for the righteous shall live by faith. You, with your eyes closed.